Hi, my loves. My name is Ruby Lee, entrepreneur, digital nomad, croissant-obsessed free spirit, and founder of the Own Your Hustle movement. And this is the Own Your Hustle podcast. Here, you'll be so motivated to start that business you've always wanted to, grow it unapologetically, and go all in earning powerfully with ease and grace. I'm so excited that you're here and listening in, and I'm so grateful that you made it. So welcome to the Own Your Hustle way of life, full of freedom, a dose of woo-woo, and plenty of random tangent laughs along the way. (laughs) You know, I started my company working nine to five too as a recruiter. I was working for a ventures-based business in the urban cool city of Melbourne, Australia, and today I'm traveling the world, young family in tow, working with the most amazing humans ready to build a career and life by design. Strap in my love, you are about to binge on all of the most incredible guests that I bring onto this podcast. And guess what? They started their businesses through purpose and calling, mostly while still working a day job. Let me also share this. I called my company Own Your Hustle as a reminder for us daily that we get to love our soul-led hustle. Own our decisions to go big. Stop playing small. Create with joy. Take the risk. Say yes to adventure. And from time to time, be okay with those meltdown moments. These episodes are filled with joy and strategy, spirituality and business, tactical tips, big picture concepts, musings, and of course, some of that ruby colored energy. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey podcast, it's so good to have you back here. I'm always so honored and so thrilled to have you listening in. Today I have a guest interview and we are talking all about how to free yourself from the what ifs of life. And isn't this such a relevant topic in entrepreneurship, in side hustling, in building up our brands and your businesses? Today, I'd like to introduce to you Simon Hall. He's founded one of the first online businesses in health and wellness, which is called Nourish Group. And you know what? Today, he is definitely not slowing down. Simon told me that he's in the midst of launching six businesses, (laughs) six businesses, you guys. And he is clearly a serial entrepreneur multi-passionate and someone who is just so relatable and down to earth. So I know how much you're going to love this episode. Now, Simon introduces himself as a life enthusiast. Don't you just love that? And in this episode, we discuss what it's like to have a big purpose, a big knowing, a big dream that you have something huge to accomplish in this world, but then getting stuck in our own heads and getting in our own way from actually moving forward. Can't we just relate to that feeling of what if this happens? What if my parents find out? What if my boss finds out that I'm side hustling? What if it doesn't work out the way I thought it would? facing major rejection and failure. So here he shares with me what he does to rewire mental models, both with his community and his clients, and also how he practices this on the daily and how we can go from all those negative things that we tell ourselves to really gaining a new, fresh perspective. And you'll love his mindful approach, his ability to look at the world truly through a perspective that spurs on positivity and inspired action. So without further ado, let's go ahead and meet Simon. Everyone, I'm so excited. I'm speaking with our amazing guest today, Simon Hall, who is the CEO of The Nourish Group and host of The Nourish Life Show. Welcome to the Own Your Hustle podcast. Hey, how's things? I, look, I'm really honored that you've, um, you've brought me on here. I, I think this is going to be both transformative and uh, 
very powerful for your audience. So I can't wait to see what comes out of it. You have come so highly recommended by Sabrina Phillip, who's my coach and my mentor, but also just having listened to your content in the last couple of weeks, I'm so excited to bring to light everything that the Nourish Group stands for. So thank you so much. How would you usually introduce yourself? Oh, do you know what? Like, I, I just say a life enthusiast these days. I genuinely just, do you know when you've just got that many like tags to a name? It's just like, look, <laughs> this is what I do. Um, a little bit of a backstory for me. I, I basically started in this as a national gymnast. So I had a, a very big background in the, uh, like the health and wellness sector. Um, from that, uh, as soon as I came away from competitive gymnastics, we were one of the first to play for online business or online coaching within the health and the wellness space. Um, for us, we blew up quite massive within that area. But before I was actually doing that, I, I was very stuck. I found myself in the, the time for money trap where it was charging people per hour. And I'm pretty certain you'll be the same as this. When you're someone who's got quite a big purpose, vision, dream, or message to speak, it's kind of one of those where you want to help everyone. Um, and obviously when you're trading time for money, if your narrative or the belief system that you're operating is, I want to change the world and help everyone in the world, is very soon before all of those hours become locked. And then you become locked and you become imprisoned in this safe, financially okay, not great prison, and then you don't really have much room. So that was kind of the bigger driving force for me to um, embrace the online world. Um, and then from that, we've gone through some huge transitions now, and we are now in the midst of launching six businesses as well as a personal brand that operate all the way through from um, personal coaching to business consulting, all the way through to events, summits, retreats all over the world. And it's kind of just led to now my little personal brand, as I saw it, is now starting to have a little bit of a skyrocket, which I never intended to, but I'm... I'm pretty much appreciating that and enjoying the ride with it, really. That is <laughs> so amazing. I love that. I love that you're just like, oh, casually just starting six businesses <laughs> and growing <laughs> the six brands. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, I think that is, you know, it kind of is one of those like, things that you hear on podcasts and you hear of what other entrepreneurs are doing and you think, damn, I'm definitely playing small. <laughs> Let's level up together, eh? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, you wrote a recent Instagram post, which I'm just going to ad lib because it really made me stop and think. And the post went a little something like, I genuinely believe that one of the biggest parts of creating any form of freedom in life, business, financial, etc., you name it, is having your heart and mind free from any worry about the what ifs of life. And I highlighted that in my notes because I thought... Isn't that just so damn true? Because I know a lot of us in this audience, I do it myself. I'm always questioning like, oh my gosh, what if it's just the worst case scenario? Now, is this, or was this post coming from a place of knowing? Is this something that you used to do constantly, questioning the what ifs of life? What were you questioning and how do you move through that? Do you know what? Like this, this was really installed in me from a young age. So if you can imagine from, I got into gymnastics as a three-year-old. And then if you can imagine being judged um, your entire life or bending a toe, what starts off as physical criticism suddenly becomes, I'm not good enough. And what happens is like this fear of judgment, criticism kind of like stayed with me for a long time before I really kind of latched onto it. And I was like, shit, you know what? This is where it's coming from. 
Um, the whole thing with what if it's it's very fear based, and for me, that's where I picked it up from. So it was always like, what if I fail and people don't like me? What if this goes wrong? What if I am judged? What if I say something that isn't right? So this is kind of one of those biggest things for me. The biggest thing that I found that held me back in life was always like like the what if and negative. And I see this so much both in it'll be the same in your audience. I've seen this in health and fitness audience through to business through to peak performers, to athletes. The what if is the narrative that usually prevents people taking action. And um, as much as we outweigh the what if something wrong happens, there's an amazing shift that happens in people when it's like, not what if I fail? What if this goes wrong? What if this blows up in my face? What if I end up bankrupt? But if you can simply change that to what if I succeed and this is the best thing that's ever happened to me, it's amazing that shift that that ripple effect can drive forwards. And for me, when I usually break people down and I get to the crux of what's stopping someone taking action, it is what if. Now, I want to go back on this because we've got to think of this, like in action, we get the quantum data, we get the core data, whether this is the right thing for us. And I see so much in the world that we live in now is we're not, we're not placing ourselves or we're not being vulnerable enough to go and try. And it's only when we do go and try or we do take a step forward, then do we work out, is this the correct thing for me to follow or is this the wrong thing? So that's the biggest thing. I usually find it's what if is stopping action, which is someone's not getting the feedback that they need to slingshot themselves forward. Yes. That was the heart in that post. (laughs) I I love this so much because it's just such a great and, you know, I think it needs to be one of those constant reminders that, our mind immediately goes to the pain part of things where, you know, where instead it could be just amazing and out there and absolutely incredible. And it's like this, I had to personally go through a lot of that. It is sort of like an internal rewiring of your belief systems that things are always going to work out for you. And if it's not this, then it's something better versus if this doesn't work out, like the whole thing's broken. (laughs) And how how do I possibly tell or like everyone? And it just feels so shameful. And most times when it's starting a business, it kind of comes down to that. Like, what would I say to everybody else? And how would I be perceived? And that is actually quite a big part of this audience. I was speaking to one of my clients the other day and she'll know who she is, but you know, she comes from a a very strong family history where you kind of have to make your family proud. You know, it's a very strong traditional background and she has this like, um, is a certain word for it in, um, in Hebrew, which means neighborhood and the neighborhood is either going to back you or it's going to pull you down and talk about you and gossip about you and things like that. And so she's like, if I put myself out there and talk about myself and it doesn't work out, I'm not just shamed by like my own standards, but everybody else's standards. Isn't that just such a next level? What if, like, how would you work through something like that? A lot of people don't know how they're conditioned. And there's an amazing saying by Joe Dispenza, which is um, when you're in the jar, you'll never be able to read the label. So I love that quote. So a lot of people don't actually know how detrimental their environment, the people around them, their social circles, the corporate conditions, the business that they're working for are actually keeping them anchored. And it's only when they escape that, then they can find the clarity and then they can start to work out like, oh, this wasn't actually serving me. 
So the biggest thing that I always say to people, if that's the case, is when was the last time you just had a mini break? Like you got away from everything as what it was. You got away from business and you just allowed yourself to be free. You got a mini vacation from yourself, your life, and you just allowed yourself to disappear from it. And then you could take a look over it, but then you're also allowing yourself to get that feedback without someone else being in your ear. So that's probably one of the biggest things I'd say when it comes down to to that aspect, you've got to remember communities, everything, and all the way through to tribal periods, humans, the biggest fear for humans were being kicked out of the tribe. And that dates back to when we were running around in loincloths with spears. Do you know what I mean? So it's not any different now. The biggest fear for humans is being alone, being kicked out. And unfortunately, when that's the driving thing, we'll attach ourselves into something which will then cause suffering. <laughs> so yeah, that's the biggest thing I'd usually say something is take a bet on yourself, but go and free yourself for a little while so you can actually read the label of the jar that you might be in and then work out if that's the jar that you actually want to be in. Oh, so true. I'm just like nodding my head furiously because that was me. I was in corporate for over 10 years and in 2017, November 2017, I decided I would take a break from it and I spent all of my vacation and annual leave to, and I took myself to Bali. That's what Australians do. We go to Bali. <laughs> and uh, not only that. I'm surrounded bet, by them. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet, are you in Bali at the moment? Uh, between Bali and Thailand. So wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you definitely know a lot of Aussies. So you'd get used to the accent. I'm surprised you don't have one yet. I get mistaken for it all the time. Though. Oh, you're kidding me. So, no, no one seems to think that I'm British. But, hey. <laughs> That's funny. Well, so I took myself to Bali and I just remember thinking I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it in this way where I'm going to have my client. Like I was still a side hustler, but I was like speaking to my clients through WhatsApp. And I thought, this is so cool. I can do this online. And we, you know, booked a beautiful villa, had a chef come in, cook us meals. Like I wanted to just not just be a digital nomad. I wanted to do it in a way that made me feel really luxurious in that way where I could call in all the most beautiful things in life and that it was completely available for me. But before we went on the air, we were talking about this whole concept of like, we build this prison for ourselves when we're in corporate and you don't actually even realize you're doing it right. Like you don't know that it's happening. Have you seen it amongst your clients and you know, what do you do to sort of, help them change their mental model? This is fun. So um, very big question. You gotta look at this. If, if someone's not aware of how they currently feel or how their current happiness, what their vision of success is, there's always gonna be two biggest drivers for that person to change, which is pain, being slapped in the face by something as a health issue, time, depression, the missus walking out, the husband walking out, the, the fickle relationship with the kids. It's usually at a point of pain where someone will decide to change or they'll get that harsh reality of like, this isn't for me. Or you've got the second aspect of uh, change, which is inspiration, which is usually when people have to go in and do a deep dive of themselves. It's like, do you know what? Who am I? What do I want? I'm here once. What do I want out of life? What is my vision of success? What are my talents? What's my genius? What's my superpower? How can I use them? Because... The biggest thing, like fulfillment is service of others. It's giving to others. It's helping others. A lot of people, when you speak to them, I want to be happy. I want to feel fulfilled. And there you go. Like a lot of, a lot of people don't know the starting point. They don't know where they are. 
and they don't know where they're going to go to. So you end up in this safe prison where the money's great. If you don't do the work and look in and ask yourself the honest questions, it's going to be only a matter of time until pain makes you ask those honest questions. And that's what I see. It's usually you catch people at one of those two points. And I'm sure given what you do, which is helping a corporate transition, they're probably the two points people come to you. It's either I'm not valued. I know I'm worth more. I can do something great to this world. Or do you know what? Like I'm not in a great place and something needs to change. One of the biggest transitions I went through, which no one really tells you about in corporate is a lot of the inner work and the spiritual aspect. A lot of it was the spiritual aspect. Would you consider yourself spiritual? Um, massively. And this is why I'm currently not in the UK. It's, I think spirituality, like a lot of people look at it as sitting on a mat and, you know what I mean, doing yoga, oming with your hands. It really isn't. Spirituality is it's self-work. It's going in there and like, it's, it's as simple as that. Who am I? What do I want? Where am I going? Um, I was always brought up from, I've got quite a big story, which would probably need to do about four episodes for but my dad was a, a very successful entrepreneur in, in uh, Britain. And um, he always brought me up from a very young age saying, never, ever, ever go into business, partnerships, relationships, social circles with people who don't know who they are, what they want or where they're going. Because anything that they, they do will be to meet a need. There'll be no direction in what they're doing. Now, for me, I was that person. So as much as I'd heard that throughout my entire life, I actually became that person. And that's, that's what I was trying to say before. It's like when you, you kind of know your own foundations, then you're in a position where you can build the road and you can build the direction, you can build the structure. Um, spirituality isn't doing yoga. It's not meditation. It's genuinely looking inwards, working out who the fuck you are, what you want out of life, and then doing the work to make sure you're showing up as the best version of yourself. You're online with your own purpose, which is priority of life at the end of the day, and you're feeling fulfilled and happy. So it's spirituality is the art of practicing happiness within your own life. But it's just become this huge mess where people think you have to sit in pink lycra pants and rub salt crystals and be affected by mercury retrograde. It's not. So that's that's the way I look at it. I can see it all day, but if you look at me, if you look at who I am, I'm I'm a hundred kilogram guy. I'm not a small guy. And I do, yeah, I'm spiritual, but I'm not to the extent where a lot of a lot of corporate people they turn off because that's that's their issue. At the the minute there's such a big like what do you call it? Like stereotype or something like Mm -hmm. that, where it's like, oh, they made me talk about myself. It's um a little bit out there like no that's that's not you you've been asked the hard questions that you've never asked <laughs> who are you what do you want where are you going and that for me is everything you you gain you gain clarity you gain awareness you can create direction you can create structure you can get the right people around you you immediately within that moment know what's right what's wrong and for a lot of people like they won't create change because there's no belief And you've got to remember, we need belief to take action. So this is the whole point of it. Like spirituality, as much as it's got a name that's heavily criticized and stereotyped these days, it really is the hidden tool in entrepreneurship. Look at Steve Jobs. I'm literally staying next to a Buddhist temple, which is on the top of the mountain where Steve Jobs used to go and visit. 
So wow. if you actually look at these people who have done amazing things in the world, there's been an art or a practice of spirituality, be that through ayahuasca, LSD, meditation, journaling work, like it's success leaves clues and it's all there. So yeah, spirituality is 100% in there. Not to the extent what people think that. <laughs> That's my version. So, well, I, I love the fact that you said you were that version of, you know, that what your father was describing, don't ever go into business with. How did you then kind of no, notice that you were that person? I mean, it's not easy to kind of hold a mirror up and go, oh, that's the real me. <laughs> and then like, how did you get to this place where you had this realization of what spirituality meant? What books inspired you? Or do you remember like how you started to very slowly like take that path one by one? Because a lot of people hear of the transformation, but they don't know how to begin it for themselves. Yeah, this this is going to go quite deep. Um, for me, I I told you the two the two aspects of change before, and the reason that I can stand here and speak through certainty with this is I learned the hard way. I had resistance in every single aspect. I used to wake up, hated it. Like I don't like what I'm doing. I don't want to be around these people. But I used to wake up with so much resistance in day to day life. Like I had no direction, I had no clarity, I didn't know where I wanted to go, like I wasn't in a good mental place, like everything was off. So that's kind of where it all comes from. I learned from being this bit, I had to get um, cracked. There's an amazing story about this, uh, which is the Golden Butter. I don't know if Sabrina's spoke with you guys with it, but um, that was me. I didn't listen, all the warning signs were there, mental health, heart health, physical health, emotional health was the worst it's ever been. And when the world's giving you signals and your body's giving you signals and you don't listen, just like I said before, it's only a matter of time until slap. And that's what happened. I got to a point and it just wasn't good. So I literally then, I was forced to go, why am I like this? Why am I the problem in this? <laughs> like I'm the common correlation, not just in business, but relationships, like it's me. So as soon as I took ownership of myself first, then I could take ownership of every area. And it just got to a point where I was like, like, I can change this. <laughs> and it really was that. So I held off for years. I put myself through the absolute mill. Um, in short, nearly killed myself um, by doing what I was doing, not getting through resistance and changing it. But as soon as I started to understand myself more, get clear on myself more, understand more of what I wanted out of life, understood and believed in myself with what I could deliver to the world, then it just opened so many doors. And as soon as I created the change, everything just fell in place immediately. I was like, no, I'm done with this. Then suddenly it was like, I get put into this amazing network of people who are mentors and friends and community. So that's kind of my story. I learned the hard way and I really implore people, if there's resistance in life right now, listen to it the red flags are there and if you don't listen it's going to scream louder until it punches you just like it punched yeah. me yeah oh simon that is like so thank you for sharing that i think it's you know there's so much beauty in that disaster it's brought you to where you are today you know and i think it's not even a disaster it's almost just like that's the craziness that life is but you were able to recognize it and I know so many are going to be able to resonate with that story. Sometimes it's that one thing. It's like, I really needed to hear it from that guy on that podcast. And I can't remember who it was, but that was the moment where I realized, you know, and I think, thank you for all of that transparency. And I love hearing about that journey that you go through. 
One, one thing is I was browsing through your Instagram page. You have this really (laughs) cool tat and it's the one with the four elements. Yes. That is so cool. I'm like, you know, the one that really spoke to me was earth. Um, so to describe it to you guys, it's like four, is it hieroglyphics, four symbols? They're the alchemy like uh, symbols. Yeah. Earth, life, creativity and connection, alchemy and wis- wisdom. So four main symbols. Earth really spoke to me. So remembering who you are, what you are, where you came from, stay grounded. I travel a lot and so do you. Do you struggle with being grounded when you do move locations a lot? There's a lot of aspiring digital nomads here. What do you, what are some things that you do to kind of just stay focused on the business, stay healthy and fit and also stay spiritually connected? Like what do you do? I run a practice called the non-negotiables and I, I genuinely implore a lot of people to do this. Like everyone's got their own individual things that make them them. If you look at peak performers, they have routines, they have ingrained habits. So for me, I have a list of like three, four, five things that I do either in the morning or the night. And as long as those things happen, everything works. No matter what Ooh, country, what are they? No matter what time zone. So for me, first thing in the morning, I, I always have to move. Movement for me is a big thing. Every time I do not move, like my head goes. And this is something I've really had to relearn again. Um, I think it was from being a peak performer from a young age, movement was everything. Um, and then obviously when that disappeared, but that's become a big thing. I have to get up and move. Um, I always fast. So I'm a fasted person. I fast and then start eating midday. Um, I always journal first thing in the morning before anything. I will not go on my phone. I will not open up my laptop or anything like that. For me, between wake up time and 10 a.m., it's my world. It's me focused. It's for me to learn. It's for me to get aware of what I want, whether I'm on track. So I spend a lot of the morning just doing self-work. I'm, I'm very big on journaling for awareness. I don't know if you practice this with a lot of your guys, like just writing down, how effective am I being in my own life? Am I on course? What am I doing right that's making me feel this way? And I really think that when you start on this journey of growth, as you grow, your goals grow, your habits also need to grow with you. And Sometimes like people can start off doing one habit that might have got them so far, but it's not the habit that's going to take them next. I always do a period of nothing. So I will literally just sit there with a coffee and a drink of water and just have no distractions or nothing. So that for me is my form of meditation. Again, spirituality, you don't have to sit there and meditate. For me, it's just having a clear mind. And um, that's the big thing. Then I'll plan my day. So what am I going to do hour by hour? Uh, what's the objective? What's the purpose of the day? What's the intention? everything has to have a desired outcome for what we want to achieve that day. And then it's uh, into the trenches to make stuff happen. And then in the evening, I just repeat the journaling process again. How effective was I today? What got in the way? Who was I around? What environments was I in? Did they serve me or did they move me away from my endpoint? And then it gives me very good awareness whether I'm really overusing that word awareness today. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, towards the, end of the, towards the end of the day, that's the, that's the final thing that I'll do is just, again, get really clear. And for me, it's very amazing. Like, I find a lot of entrepreneurs are very environmentally sensitive. Uh, and for example, if they're not in creative spaces, they're not around growth orientated people, it restricts them or it takes away the focus or it, it gets them. I find they like quite empathic people. So that's why I always have a bit of an end of day journal while it's still fresh. 
Um, and that's always been a big practice, which I've found has really, really helped with me. Just oh my gosh, I love this. I feel like your life, the way you've described it and what your non-negotiables are, is like one of those slow roll inspirational <laughs> YouTube videos. Yeah. You know, the ones where you like hear the Mind Valley like voiceover. I'm actually going to adopt the what do you call it? The nothingness time or just the coffee time? Oh, nothing. Looking at, nothing. Like, oh, yeah. So good. It's just nothing. Like, genuinely, I, I'm literally staying in a jungle now. So I just have a chair that overlooks just this vast space of nothing. And I'll just, do you know what I mean? I get, a, I get a feel for the day. Um, do you know, I, I can really, I can say a few things that will really help you. Um, one to actually get myself into this practice. I, um, I hired a mentor who was like not two steps ahead, but like 30 steps ahead of me. And he made me micro journal. Um, like I, I, in my head, I was like really aware of things. And he, I was like, I don't believe for someone with your passion, energy and drive that you're actually utilizing your days. And I, I said, I was like, shit, do you know what? I'm achieving a lot, but I, I genuinely feel like there's more in there. So he had me micro journal. So for a week I had to write, like do an, a journal every hour. Wow. Who did, I speak to? Who did I speak to? How did I feel speaking to them? Am I looking forward to speaking to them again? What environment was I in? What did we achieve through that focus? And it was amazing to see how my time wasn't being effectively spent. Now I thought I was being productive, but when I broke it down to the micro level, I was losing hours, be it on people, environments, tasks. So that was a big thing for me was just to make me more <laughs> aware <laughs> of where my time was going. I was waiting for how it, am I? How it was being used. I need a new word. I need a new word. Clear. Be more clear on where my time was going, how it was being spent, but more to fine tune it because then it made me a lot easier with delegating tasks, letting go of things. But the second point I want to add to this is when it does come down to the free time, a lot of the people, when, you're, when you've been corporate conditioned, you feel guilty for taking time off. You go on holiday, you feel guilty. And a lot of people are still at work when they're not. And I think this is an amazing practice is really getting okay and ridding guilt and shame with just doing nothing. Because although a lot of people tell me that they go to a yoga practice, I still know from the look in most people's eyes at a yoga class, they're still thinking of what they need to do in business. Like there's a real thing about disconnecting from everything. And I think that, mm. was, that was a really big practice. But the turning point for me with this is when I got, again, really, really confident and in, installed a sense of belief in myself that I know it's going to happen. So I was fine with letting go and taking time away and being okay with switching off when I had this huge sense of belief at core level, like to a fact where I know that the future's already been done. Now it's just mm. a simple case of closing the gap and playing out the steps. Yeah. And I really feel like for your audience, the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway is like, do more things that will help you believe in yourself more because it's belief, which is at the core crux of everything. Um, you, you need a community system, which is giving you belief in yourself to take action because then action stimulates and creates more belief and confidence. You then need to be consuming content that makes you believe in yourself. You need to be doing practices that make you believe in yourself. I know the wellness world has tagged it as self-love, but it could be anything. My meditations, flying down a, mount, uh, a mountain on a mountain bike <laughs> and sitting still oh and, you know what I mean, running and training. It's not being still. 
but it's finding your own your own ways. Everyone's got their own route, and you can watch all these videos and all that sort of stuff. But the real the real crux is you have to work out what's best for you. You have to work mm -hmm. out what's best for you so that you can perform at your best. But more to the point, so you can always stimulate and safeguard that reserve and always invest into it the confidence, belief, and energy. Because as soon as those three go, the rest doesn't. As soon as you lose confidence, your ability to earn money will become flawed. It'll affect yeah. your self-worth. As soon as your belief goes, the same thing. As soon as your energy goes, same thing. So for me, energy, time, belief, and confidence are the four key assets of entrepreneurs that they need to be invested in and safeguarding. So you've got to find your own practices. Energy, time, belief, and confidence. Energy, yeah. time, belief, and confidence, you guys. So, so powerful. So I'll definitely be leaving your podcast in the show notes so I you guys it. can go ahead and find Simon. How else can we find you, work with you, stalk you? Where do you mostly hang out? Um, to be honest, pretty much just Simon Hall or Simon Hall BC on any search engine will pop me up. Uh, Instagram seems to be my main playing field. I know Ruby, you've just nailed me for not being on LinkedIn as much as I should be. <laughs> so I do hang around on there. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Simon. You've been a wonderful guest. I really appreciate your insight, your views and everything that you've shared today. Hey, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you've invited me to come on. So thank you. And it's also amazing to connect with you as well. I, I love what you're doing and I, you need acknowledgement. There's so many people who feel stuck and lost and they just wait for people to put the hand out and help them to your being their courage to get them started. So you're doing amazing things. I really can't wait to see where this takes you as well. Oh, don't you just love that amazing soul? I love it when you meet people and there's just such a resonance with energy and just such an incredible connection there. So thank you for getting to the end of this podcast. If you loved it, I would love for you guys to go ahead and share it. Come on over to Instagram at underscore Ruby Lee underscore and tag me in this post. Love seeing that. And also because you're still here, because you're still here, I am running a super stealthy, super secret little competition here for anyone who leaves me a review in December, you will go in the running to win a one hour coaching session with me. So go ahead, let me know that you've left me a review, screenshot it, tag me in it, and I shall put you into the draw to win a coaching session with me in 2020. What a great way to start. Thank you so much for jumping on. Click on all the show notes below to connect with the both of us. And remember that you can absolutely own your hustle.